Hi all, and welcome to the very first episode of the Glass House podcast, where I, Siobhan Kelly, will be your host. In this series, I chat with a diverse group of professionals from CEOs of international companies, startup entrepreneurs, leaders in the diversity and inclusion field, and so many more. What they all have in common is a passion for growth, a generosity of ideas and spirit, and stories we can all learn from. I cannot tell you how excited I am to introduce you to my first guest, who is Siobhan Sweeney, not just a phenomenal human being, but the Director of Development, Inclusion and Diversity at the Open Doors Initiative. Siobhan hasn't just had an interesting career trajectory. She's such a compelling backstory. And what makes this podcast so special is the honesty and vulnerability Siobhan displays as she shares the lessons she's learned on her journey with us. I hope you enjoy listening to it as much as I enjoyed having the conversation. Let me know what you think. I am so excited to have on the Glass House podcast, Siobhan Sweeney. Um, I connected with Siobhan on LinkedIn a while back, I think it was to do the videos, and I saw what she did, and she literally is who I want to be when I grow up. Um, she shares great content. She has an amazing job, um, and I'm going to let her introduce herself to you. So welcome, Miss Siobhan Sweeney. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on. Thank you so much, Siobhan, for that lovely introduction. <laughs> really appreciate it. Um, so and it's been so it's been so lovely engaging with you. Um, so as you said, my name is Siobhan Sweeney. I have worked in AIB the last 14 years and held a number of different roles within the bank, and my last being the head of diversity and inclusion. Um, and I came out on secondment then to the Open Doors Initiative. And I've been working there as head of um, diversity and inclusion and director of development. So that's a mouthful in itself. Big job. (laughs) (laughs) My imposter imposter syndrome is starting to kick in. You know, when you start to sweat. No, I'm joking. So look, I had a look at, um, obviously I was looking at your LinkedIn profile. I did try and do a little bit of research on you. And what I find really interesting is that you've given like that job title, which is huge, you know? Yeah. Um, And with the Open Doors Initiative, and you can explain this better, um, because then I want to work backwards in your career. Yeah, sure. You deal with like really senior people in a lot of huge companies. Um, Give people a little bit of background about what the Open Doors Initiative is. Okay, so the Open Doors Initiative, it's a non-for-profit. We were um, mobilized and and, um, set up in 2018, and it was founded by Diageo. And at that time, 14 companies became involved and they were really the founding members behind Open Doors. So what we do is we support um, asylum seekers, refugees and migrants, people with all disabilities and disadvantaged youth and help them into employment and create employment paths. So we work, yeah, we have over 80 organizations at the moment that are either member companies or supporting partners. And we work with them to try and create employment and reduce barriers to these marginalized groups. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really amazing. And how long did it take you to get, I mean, how long is Open Doors there? It's from 14 to 80 people or companies. 
Um, so we're growing all the time, um, Siobhan, and it's really word of mouth and um, posts on LinkedIn that I've spread and participants as well and the feedback yeah. and the testimonials that they have given about um, the work that we do. But really, like for companies to get involved, the difference that it makes to people's lives is just, yeah. it's transformative. And I think the companies get that back in a bundles as well. Yeah. No, 100%. I was speaking to um, Gary, you know, the CEO of Siemens the last day, and he, yeah. you were brought up. So this is actually the second time you've appeared on my podcast. And he was talking about <laughs> that there's no such thing as selfless, altruistic behavior. That, And I'm a big believer in this. One mm. of the things that got me through COVID was giving. Yeah. Because it actually, it, it, like, it lifts you. It lifts the individual who is giving as well and who's like putting a hand out to help people up and I think as well you need to remember and I always try and say this to clients or if I'm working with ethic or business in the community mm. that when you get a person a job it's not just affecting that person it's their community their family you know yeah. do you see that yeah absolutely and um, especially in the work that we're doing now I just I see that so much small things and gestures that we take for granted yeah. so much can really really affect everything for another person mm -hmm. I was telling my I was telling my sister she works in IT about the work that I was doing and she said to me she said Siobhan if I gave you a few laptops would that help and we were able to give the laptops to direct provision centers Amazing. so that during COVID that they could continue doing assisted learning, that people had that. And then for people that were getting into college that didn't have access to laptops and to yeah. have that technology, we were able to give that out. Yeah. And something so small that just came up in a conversation between myself and my sister literally changed and made such a difference. Such a difference. And so I think if people nice. knew that the effort that they that they that was required of them to make a yeah. difference, because we do live like, and I'm like, this is another thing that um, I discuss a lot. We we are privileged. So even like because I came from a working class family and things like that, I didn't go without like without anything. If that makes sense, yeah. like you know, um, I could still go to a dance class or do this or do that. Where yeah. other people's realities are completely different, and it's like the smallest gesture that could change the direction. Or the trajectory of somebody's life you know absolutely and I think like for myself I definitely saw that growing up my mom is from India my dad is Irish so I did have that luxury getting to go on those holidays yeah. over to India but from a very early age I guess I was able to see the cultural difference that exists yeah. and yeah. really that massive divide between how my mom would have grown up what she had access to not having the likes of school bags small things not having shoes yeah. and having to walk on your bare feet to school you know like having the same thing for lunch every day like a piece of bread with butter butter and being happy and, about it um yeah i'm being so happy and feeling yeah. so lucky and i think for me even like my kids saw that when they went um, yeah. last year when they went over um, and we would do a lot of work with the orphanage over there and my kids could not believe it, mm. how, how the kids would wear the same clothes every time we would go and visit. Yeah, and they had things. a good dress, one yeah. good dress, or, yeah. They had one, one good thing, and, and I think it is all of those things that we take for granted so much. Um, and yeah. when I was in AIB in my role, I worked with DCU and the Student Access Programme, and that's to give um, students from socioeconomic 
uh, background a chance yeah. to get into the workplace and experience what that's like. Um, we had a particular girl that came out and she worked within our IT team for the summer. And at the end of it, Siobhan, I said to her going in, I said to her, let me know when how your experience is. This is the first yeah. time that we've, we've done this as a company. At the end of it, she wrote a four-page testimonial on the difference that it made yeah. to her. She never thought that she could work in a company like a bank. She yeah. expressed how she was treated like everybody else on the team, the opportunities that she was given during that short period of time. Yeah. And it was just so, so moving. For that's something. all people need though. They just need yeah. access. And that's why I'm a firm believer like in representation like matters. Like if you look at like CEOs of companies and the 30% club and, and women in business, like obviously there's still a huge way to go. But you know, the changes that are being made, like these things that you don't notice like on a day-to-day -day basis, but like these are small incremental changes. But then when you look back over a period of time, it's mm. huge, you know? And um, I was so impressed when I was looking at your LinkedIn profile where, oh, actually, before I go into that, if somebody wants, if a client, because I, I want to give you a plug, if a client wants to, or a company wants to join Open Doors or get involved, what's the process for that? What do they need to do? So they can reach out to us, everything, all the details and all the companies that we have on, on board so far as members, they're all on our website, mm -hmm. theopendoorsinitiative.ie. And I'll share the can, link. Brilliant. Thanks, Siobhan. And they can mail me directly. Um, I, you have my email address. You can give that out in the link. Right. And I'm more than happy if anybody wants to set up a, a Zoom call and find out how they can get involved. Um, there's so many. We're, we're very bespoke in everything that we do. And yeah. we're all about lateral thinking, especially with COVID now. So you, you have to be, um, and we can still make such a huge difference during this time because we know that it is the marginalized people that will get pushed yeah. further down the list. Yeah. So 100%. absolutely, if there is companies out there that would like to get involved, we do, we have a number of different programs that we run, um, mentoring different courses internally. So more than happy for anybody to, yeah. to get into and it. And I'll, share, I'll share all those details anyway, like your email and the link. But what I wanted to get to, and when I, I'm a big um, believer in transferable skills, okay? So like, I have been a flight attendant, a journalist, recruiter. I was a bouncer at one stage. Wow. <laughs> much to my... <laughs> <laughs> much to my mother's panic um it was when I was saving to go to Australia so you know you have a few jobs um, yeah. <laughs> but when I was looking at your LinkedIn profile and it said like where you started in banking so you had managed a team like you hadn't really gone in with anything to do with diversity and inclusion no um no definitely not Siobhan I started as a customer service advisor yeah and that was my my job when all the it. calls were, were when all the calls were moved out of all of the branches and yeah. um, centralized them into one contact center and it was really small at the time we were we were piloting this out we had about 30 branches on board and it was good morning you're through to Siobhan <laughs> you're an AIB how can I help you and I started off doing that role and do you know what? I was really, really lucky um, in terms of the people that I had and the people that I was working with, mm. my manager, my leaders at the time. And then I think as well, the people that I surrounded myself with, yeah. that they could see the potential. 
Um, and at a very early stage, I guess, within my career, I was able to progress. But I, w- I was very lucky. I took every opportunity that came my way. And I was going to say that to you. That's the power of yes, though, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, you know what, sometimes you, you don't always know what you're going in to do. So I would have, I would have been involved setting up our contact center out in Airside. And I was doing everything from our telephony for over 200 <laughs> staff. I was testing all of our systems, a new um, telephony system that was coming into place from all of our branches. And it would have all the branch details come up on our systems yeah. to training all of the 200 staff. Were you panicked? Or did you have time to panic? Because sometimes when I look back at things, it's like I didn't realize how big a job something was until it was over. Because when you're in the middle of it, it's like being in the eye of a storm. Yeah, no, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. There were times that I thought, how am I in charge of all of this? (laughs) But I guess I was delivering all of the time. Um, I was playing to my my skills and my strengths, as you said. Um, And I think by performing and getting the job done, I was constantly given more responsibility, which helped me progress and flourish. Yeah. And, and it builds your confidence, career. doesn't it? Absolutely. It absolutely builds your confidence, especially when you do something to that scale. Yeah. Um, I was in my very early 20s doing that and such a massive transformation program, taking yeah. all, the, all the calls from around Ireland into one contact center. But you did um, it. But I, but I did it and I, and I did it well, which allowed me to progress. I actually love hearing you say that um, I did it well. I work with a lot of women who, um, well, a lot, of, a lot of candidates, I won't just say yeah. women, but it's predominantly women. Yeah. So I'm doing this like, um, it's like a four piece blog on imposter syndrome. And um, because it was one of my, I did a video on it, just a brief, like two minute one. And it was one of the videos that it. he, <laughs> it was one of the um, videos that people like most engaged with and I thought it was like I was very nervous like and this is about you just stepping up and doing something and and, mm. and I can really kind of understand where you're coming from with that because when I joined um, Scale and they asked me like why don't you do a podcast and the videos are going really well my first thought was like absolutely not you know there's no way and like here I am anyway but it's only when you when you get into it do you know but I did have that grapple you know where it's like am I good enough are you going to ask these questions did you ever have that at any stage when you were absolutely absolutely I definitely had it um at certain things that I was that I was doing or maybe presenting for a certain group of people and that the doubt creeps in yeah but do you know what? I, I'm a firm believer in you can't control other people, places or things. You can't. No. And people are always going to have opinions. It's, it's the way we're programmed. Yeah. My mom says that. My mom says you shouldn't let other people's opinions. Like people have opinions on cheese. You Absolutely. Know, so. uh, yeah, I totally believe that. Like people are, people are going to have an opinion either if you do an amazing job or if you don't. So yeah. if you go in there and you bring your best self to the table, well, that's all that you can do. Um, I'm very much about role modeling as well, where my team through, throughout my career, I was always, and I think it's ageism is a huge thing. And yeah. I think people always see that as somebody that's a lot older in their career, but I definitely think it's for, for me, definitely it's been for that I look quite young. Yeah, um, great. 
<laughs> a long way <laughs> Exactly, long way at last. Um, but uh, that, that's not what my kids would say now. Uh, they say, well, follow us to school, wait 10 minutes before you leave. You're never going to be cool. You won't be cool till they're about 22, I don't think. <laughs> So but I see what you mean, I, that people are looking at you saying, how would you have the life experience to lead that team? Or? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. The life experience. How do you even have the experience within the sector to know what you're doing and to lead? Yeah. Like in terms of life experience, I have, I've gone through a lot at a very, at, at a very young age. Yeah. Um, I suffered from septicemia, blood poisoning. I'd endocarditis, which is an infection around your heart. And that wasn't diagnosed for over a year, so I nearly died. My last pregnancy had two failed kidneys. So I ended up in intensive care three times. I've come from a very diverse background in terms of my family. And then the opportunities that I've had within work itself has lended me to having that diversity, I guess, on my CV that I have today. So again like the point that I already said I think people are going to judge either way they soon realize when I come to the table or open my mouth that I do know what I'm talking about but but it's funny that that pre-judgment always exists no 100% and I find it with um I find it across the board so for me I mean some of the most successful placements I've ever made were um women of a certain age and I remember when they had come in and they were their biggest barrier. Mm. If like I just yeah. needed to get them out of their head, and I would, I would only send them to clients that I knew would appreciate them and take the most out of their experience. Like there's a home for everybody, but I, mm. I agree with you that um, I think people are like they do have a preconceived notion. But for me, I, I was only thinking this looking at this, you know, the U.S. presidential election. Mm. Like the two men in it, like you know political preferences aside I won't go down that road we'll be here for weeks but they're in their 70s you know and they're going to be like running this country or doing whatever you know I mean the same with Michael D Higgins or you know like these are all people of a certain age that are contributing I mean sometimes they said that like Barack Obama at 45 or something was he was very young yeah whereas then when you take it into the corporate world Mm. they kind of have a different view on it so I really hope that we start to catch up and in the same way that you have people who are CEOs of startups um or the guy with Jim Shark I can't remember his name he's like 22 23 yeah so I mean everybody's life experience is different I'm the same with you like my dad's Algerian my mom's Irish you know Mm. very working class background and if you'd seen me going somewhere at 21 or 22 and people would have had the same you know, yeah. preconceived notion, who's this there, she's uppity or, but if you actually sat down and had the conversation with someone, you'd see that they could have had a wealth of experience. Yeah, and I think it's really important in terms of like playing to your, st- your strengths and knowing your yeah. purpose. And like purpose for me is really important and my values and what guides me through what I'm doing. And I find that doing this work in terms of diversity and inclusion and making a difference, making a huge yeah. difference to people's lives, I guess, resonates with all my values and what I believe in and, yeah. and what I want to do within my career, whether that's in a corporate scene or in a non-for-profit, I think the, the same ethos can apply. So 100%. I think, for, yeah. yeah, I think for people out there, like align to your purpose, align to your values, because that will bring out your best self and your whole self to work that's every day. That's why you're glowing and look so young, because it's like that you're on the right <laughs> 
no, really, you're on the right path, I think, and it shows sometimes it can shine from the inside out. I'd also say to yeah. you know, when people say purpose, um, I know what my purpose is, and it took me a long time to get to it. Like, and mine is just to add value or to be of service and whatever, yeah. to be a conduit of something that's good. And you can still do that and get a mortgage or have a good paying Absolutely. job. So, it, like, one doesn't cancel out the other. How did you find your purpose? Like that, my purpose definitely didn't come overnight. Um, <laughs> I've had, a, I've definitely had a lot of different roles that you can see that over the last fourteen years that I've held, transformate mainly transformation kind of roles, a lot around leading people, leading large teams to achieve a project. Um, and I think for me, I've always loved working with people, getting the best out of people. Yeah. helping them achieve what they want to achieve like that just that that's my like that's my buzz that gives me that little nod in my tummy to know that I've helped people yeah I think working when I went into the role as head of diversity and inclusion in AIB the impact of my work that I was having especially um helping people realize that they could be themselves and work every day bring their whole yeah. selves and what that meant, either through different initiatives that we were running, more communication yeah. that was required from a business perspective. And, and then more so then working then with the third parties as I got into that, working with the different non-for-profits or the colleges and the impact that doing something very small, as we talked about earlier, can yeah. literally transform somebody's whole life, somebody's whole family yeah. and the community that they live in. I think for me, that's when I realized my purpose. That was giving me so much fulfillment every day. Every that day. You're, you're not looking at the clock. You don't want to, you, you don't want to finish at five. You want to keep, you want to keep on going. Um, yeah. And I'd probably be a little bit bad like that in terms of <laughs> even going <laughs> and, yeah. and taking on, taking on the, the world and its mother. Um, but I, th I think that then you really know that you found your purpose when you enjoy something that you're doing. Yeah, well, it's, it stops feeling like work, I think. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, for me as well, like I'm doing my, ma I'm in my second year now of my master's in organizational yeah. behavior and psychology. Yeah. And for me, again, that's just adding more value to my knowledge and what I have. Yeah. I love research. I love diving into the difference <laughs> of where we were. Your whole face lights up. And <laughs> where we are now. <laughs> But I think that's where you can add value. You can add 100%. value to your business. Yeah. I know we're constantly talking about business cases, business cases. We have the evidence there now. Do we really need more business cases? Yeah. Let's roll up our sleeves. And I saw that. Did you share that on LinkedIn the other day? I saw I did. A post and it was like, what is the business case for diversity and inclusion? And it's like, where have you been? Yeah. You know, like, where yeah. have you been? It's like I do I like I understand from an organization's perspective in terms of budget that they need to account for, sign-offs that they do. I, I I really understand I do understand the business lens on it in terms of getting sign-offs. But in terms of people, people are really educated, they're in these roles for a reason. Yeah. They're up to date on readings with LinkedIn and what diversity and inclusion means, what it's about. I think that we just need to get more practical in terms of the work that we're doing and make yeah. a difference to companies rather than constantly talking about the business case. There has to be a point where you declare what you're going to do, get 
sign off on that and, and then move forward and then do it and i think that there's so like where it comes from with me is that like i've worked with um like i work with amazing companies so and it's a cross-section of them so like you know from startups smes like the big corporations so i just feel that irrespective of what your budget is and you know you're not an sme yeah. is not going to have the same budget as like one you no. know huge company and but there's still ways around it and there's so much information out there free information great information yeah. like government um supported information that you can get and you will only add value to your company yes by you know so you don't need to have like these huge departments or anything like that you can just like look around you know have a look Absolutely. like who's who is your company accessible to i 100 percent agree with that siobhan it's it's not something that you have to whip out this massive big budget and say okay i'm going on a big journey now you know i think it really starts from within i think yeah. the importance of being authentic and organic in terms of your growth and how you go about this yeah like communication is just such a huge part of this i get so passionate when i go into <laughs> I know, it we'll have to do a part two of this podcast and <laughs> but but i think that it is so important that you don't need this budget there, there is going to be within your company lots of people that are interested in dni for different reasons even if it's the inclusion side of things that they want to feel more included and bring your company to a better place utilize that in itself because yeah. you're going to have champions and ambassadors in your in your own organization i love it so this leads me so nicely on it's actually your facial expression that's leading me on to my next question so i'm a big um believer in mentorship and management okay yeah and um i believe that managers have a huge responsibility to the teams that they hire because you have to you're you're almost taking their career and you know yeah. and and driving if you do a property you're going to yeah. drive them forward and if you, if the person who's being managed and the manager um are bought in it can be a really successful relationship i've had some amazing managers that have literally pulled the best out of me you know when i didn't even mm. know i had it so um but in terms of leadership what does leadership look like to you because you've been in so many different positions you know and you've like held so many different roles and so many different titles but um somebody i spoke to the other day and they had said that they thought that leadership started as soon as you're born it's the environment you're in and it feeds like your level of fairness your thought processes your levels of empathy do you think that all of those things actually leadership has a space for that Definitely. Um, I definitely think that it does. Um, leadership to me has always been around vision and bringing people on that journey with you in terms of trying to understand what your business strategy is. While, while you could have your overall business strategy, mm -hmm. your certain team that you could be working on might be doing a certain goal or a certain task that feeds into the overall strategy. And I think that's really important for me being a leader of different teams to make sure that my team understands how their part and what they're doing plays into the overall strategy. That's yeah. absolutely huge. Um, another thing for me would be around how the organization is laid out, how your organization works, especially for new candidates coming in. I think that is, it's so important from the get-go that they do have that understanding of the different yeah. departments, your team, 
the overall structure even if they have questions who do they report into what does that look like what frame of communication do we operate by you know because every organization is so different so different but I think like it really comes down to for me um inspiring motivating empowering and delegating I think that they're probably the key things that come to mind when I think about leadership like for me I always think my if I'm not there in the room my team should be able to represent me yeah and go to the leadership team or whoever they need to go to and and bring their best selves to the forefront because that's what I've instilled in them I think it's it's playing to people's strengths within your team, True. understanding their strengths, understanding yeah. their weaknesses. Just not, as much. not a one size fits all, you know, because Absolutely like people need not. to be managed differently. So differently, and I think people like feedback in different ways and understanding yeah. what way that works. So there's different things that I would have done. I would have done like one to ones on an ongoing basis. Yeah, like you're not just waiting until that end of year PR to give somebody <laughs> their feedback and let them know how they've yeah. done. Someone does really well. Tell them if they made yeah. a total boo boo. Tell them and work through it. Yeah, don't keep this information. I think until, the same. I managed them. Um, I managed this girl, and she was fabulous like to be fair she made me look good um but that's what it's about no but like because it was like it was too easy but I would be very much like on the job like coaching more so yes you know if she had an issue and I really never wanted there to be a fear because things always go wrong in recruitment you're constantly fighting fires you know people don't turn up clients aren't mm. all these different things and okay. I just wanted to instill in her I think that she could tell me anything she could tell me that she killed my cat and we would work through it. No, there was nothing that, I suppose it'd be the same as with your kids. There's nothing that she's going to tell me that we can't fix if we yeah. if we have this like whole like area of trust. And that's, I think, one of the things that gives me the greatest pleasure, even though like I'm with scale and everything, to see her fly. Yeah. I'm like, because uh, I knew she could do it, but you know, just to give someone that confidence and that little push. And, um, and I know that when she manages somebody and she's, because she will 100% be in a leadership role, for sure I'll still be cheering around I think what you're like talking about there is the whole psychological safety as well that you can create with people yeah and I'm such a believer in that like if you can create that psychological safety within your team that they feel that they can trust you and tell you things yeah I think that's so important because you're going to get the most out of your team if you create that sort of environment it's not being the dictator no them it's it's creating that open transparent kind of an atmosphere where you have yeah. those conversations um, and you don't need being the leader for me you don't always need to necessarily know the ins and outs of the product or the service that you're doing no you're not going in there to do that you're going in there to the team to lead them and provide and bring the best out of them, them. and bring yeah. the best out of them because they're the experts doing the role so yeah. i think that for my most fulfilling roles where i've managed large teams seeing people play to their strengths, bringing those strengths to life, what you're talking about and helping oh. that girl and how now you know. It actually gives me goosebumps on. because I, I would look at her and like wide-eyed at the things that she was yeah. doing and just so happy to see her. Because um, she had actually had, um, uh, everybody's had one, but like, you know, when you have a bad experience with a manager or previous manager yeah. and it can kind of affect you, but um no, she was just phenomenal. So it was just so nice to be part of that journey for a little yeah. bit to, you know, to see them go off. 
but I'm sure she's going to role model those behaviors that she saw in you yeah. and that you instilled with her now and she's going to go on and bring them to well that's it and it's the whole thing of paying it forward and I think it's a learned behavior because sometimes I think that it's the whole fixed versus growth mindset you know yeah this is Absolutely. the way I do it this is the way I manage the team and it's like nobody does that anymore do you know it's not the 1980s shoulder pads are gone that type of management is out the gap <laughs> do you know yeah. Yeah. well it's not successful no I don't I think that if you don't have that growth mindset to the to the jobs that you're doing or that it, for for life really that you're going to miss life, opportunities yeah. You know, you're going to be looking at the doors that have closed and miss all the open doors yeah. that are that are there waiting yeah. for you to, to grab them with both hands and for you to walk through. Um, I'm totally a firm believer in that, that growth mindset. You will bring opportunities. Opportunities will come your way and you'll get to yeah. go on new ventures. Um, but yeah, no, and, and continuous learning for me, like that's been one even that's doing my master's me, yeah. now. Always a student. Continuing. Yeah, always a student, having that mindset. Even what I said to you there in the leader, leadership position, you don't need to know everything. You're there no. to lead. Be the student though and take but what But the you fact can. that you say that, so the fact that you say that you don't need to know everything, that like really rings true for me because I think that <clears throat> some of the managers, it's not that they're bad people, but it's like that they they manage from fear or from a place of panic where I have to know everything or I can't let them see a chink in my armor and I think then they miss out on the beauty and the growth that they would have from being vulnerable like the reason that I could lead a team or be the person to come to was because I'd made those mistakes and I'd learned from them and this is what I did yeah it's not saying I've never made a mistake in my career like I could write you a book yeah no I, I absolutely 100% agree with that I think it's that vulnerability and you know being upfront I've gone on to big teams and I've not known the product that I was going in to manage within the team and not not known it at all but having to lead that team and lead teams that weren't performing um where they should be and I think by expressing your vulnerability but also understanding people understanding the people that you have on their team again understanding yeah. the skill set that you have well, then you can turn teams. You can turn yeah. teams around. And nobody wants to go to work and do a bad job. Like nobody wakes up in the morning and say, "I am going to ruin someone's day. I am <laughs> going to like lose all these sales. I'm going to get rid of these." Do you know? Like you wake up and you you want to do your best. And then sometimes I think if someone's micromanaged, they're so focused on the manager breathing down their neck that they're not focused on what they should be doing next, like the next right move. Yeah. You know, so if they just had a little bit of breathing space, a little bit of safety, that it would be, um, it would be yeah, absolutely. for everyone. Absolutely. I don't think that, you know, that we hire anybody because <laughs> they're not good. You know, these people have all got positions within organizations because yeah. they're good at what they do. They're intelligent, you know, and as soon as we hire them, they don't, they don't, they absolutely don't so I think again it's it's understanding your team like paying attention to the team that you have making sure that they understand the goals and what they're yeah. working towards every day and you know what that takes hard work it does you know you're coaching you're mentoring along the way you're helping people realize where they want to get to within their careers it's a journey that you take with people but as a leader I think if you're going into a leadership position that's what you do yeah no it's so good and i love seeing your facial expression when you talk about these things because we normally talk on the phone or and uh, full disclosure to anybody who's listening on voice notes 
<laughs> it's actually so nice to see how animated you get when you talk about things like that because I'm the same I'm actually trying to keep my hands here so I don't affect the noise off the uh the recording device devices but um no, I do. I get really passionate when I go into talking about these things that, and you know, I'm not the expert in everything. I'm, I'm made lots of mistakes along the way, but I think if you can recognize the mistakes that you've made and learn from them, yeah. um, well then you are going to grow and that's yeah. all about, again, your growth mindset and what we talked about, John. Well, one of the things that um, I had to really look at during COVID and like COVID, I've said this openly, was a gift to me because it just gave me time to, mm. I couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't go for a drink. I couldn't see friends. I was isolating on my own. Like I literally could not get away from my problems. So I had to go, not to get too hippy dippy, but internal Yeah. Um, and really kind of have a look and see what was important to me. What was my motivator? Was I like, did I have like, you know, the way a company was, has core values, like what yeah. mine were, reestablish yeah. them. Um and check in with myself and find me like how am I and and all of these good things but one of the things that I was I watched a lot of Will Smith videos and then I got into reading some more and he had said that people's relationship with failure needs to change that successful people they fail more than they succeed but each failure pushes them forward so I think it was failure lead fail off and fail forward or something like that yeah the important thing and this is the whole thing on resilience as well it's like extracting the lesson so it's yeah. like you didn't it didn't go wrong for nothing strangle the good out of it take the lesson and then move on what's been your biggest lesson thus far whoa i'd say i have a lot of lessons <laughs> i could probably write a book on all the lessons that i've learned <laughs> i think um for me within my career to date is being and some people are really fortunate when they come and they start their first job. They know that they're really like, this is the job for me. This is, yeah. this is my passion. I wish I had understood my values and my purpose at an earlier age that I would have been able to blossom more within this role, um, which I'm getting to do now. Don't get me yeah. wrong. But I think the purpose piece for me, I wish I'd done more work on that in an earlier stage within my yeah. career that I could have gone and maybe my trajectory would have been different in terms of the career path that I would have had. I probably would have gone straight towards diversity and inclusion. Yeah. So for me... But you might um, not have had all the skills that you got from the other roles. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I've had some phenomenal experiences yeah. along the way, um, I guess, which make me who I am today. So no, I am really fortunate for that. I think in terms of my network and the people that you surround yourself with, I think that's really important. Make sure you surround yourself with people that are going to inspire you on and inspire yeah. you and um, even role models. I think that is so important. Don't waste your time and your energy on people that are going to bring you down. And um, yeah. I think that there's, as I said earlier on, you can't control people, places, things. People are always going to have opinions of you. So, so leave out that negative energy. You yeah. absolutely don't need it. Um, mentoring has always been a top one for me. So I would say to anybody, get a mentor early on in your career because they will really be your backbone and help you along the way. Um, and if you find that maybe like your first mentor that you don't have it, that you don't have that spark straight away, give it a bit of time because it doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. 
it's you an know, odd it takes, relationship to start up as well yeah it takes time to form those bonds and yeah. how that you can both benefit each other because I definitely think it's it's beneficial both ways um and then for me definitely um one of the things definitely is your health is your wealth and so true amen I I know that from being sick on my last pregnancy that when I had two kidney failures I didn't I absolutely did not see that coming was that I, your most recent pregnancy so that was seven years ago on my last Byron yeah yeah so I I didn't think that that was obviously going to happen no I pregnancies before that and they were both fine um, and then suddenly when your health is taken away from you and you can't work for a certain period no. of time you know that that's really hard so especially during covid and i know that you talked about that as well people are getting used to work, work working remotely where they might not have had that privilege before to do yeah you just need to be kind to yourself i think is one of the big things like we work for a certain amount of hours during the day rome wasn't built rome wasn't built overnight no. Um, and I know I need to remind myself of that all the time as well, because I do get so consumed in what I do. But if you lose your health, everything is gone. So I yes. would just say to people, be really kind, look after yourself, do what you need to do, whether it's meditation, go for a walk, eating healthy, make sure you look after yourself. Because if your health yeah. is, you're not, you're no good to anybody. No. And it's the whole thing um, I'd spoken about the last day about filling your own cup. Because I'd be the yeah. same as you. I'm naturally... I need to have like probably 18 things happening at once. Okay. And I think that that's why COVID was like just so bizarre to me. You know, and I had no shame in saying to people that I reached out to a therapist to talk to. Yeah. And he had said to me, when was the last time you asked yourself how you are? And I was like, I have never in my yeah. 40 years on this planet asked myself how I am. Never. Yeah. Like, Never. I know, and I, and I would be the same. I would be the same around that because you're constantly looking after either the clients that you're serving, yeah. um, then you have your family and different things your go on. Like, and just you're giving, busy. giving, yeah, yeah. But he said you need to fill your own cup, and that could be like I forgot. Like I'm an avid reader. I forgot how much I love to read. You know, and mm, um, yeah. and was getting back into things like that and doing yoga and mm. you know going for walks and trying to be mindful of the birds and things like that to, you know, manage my anxiety and things. And, and the thing as well, this is the whole thing that we've said about fear as well. I was so afraid to say that to people because I felt weak to say that, you know, the whole, it's, um, it's okay not to be okay. Like I actually yeah. did, and I'd be quite open, you know, but mm. I, I didn't feel good about it. I didn't feel good about like mentioning it on the videos or, <clears throat> and I wrote a blog like on trauma and, when I wrote that and it's funny how the universe works it's when you like just sit in your own truth and say look yeah it's not good I am worried I am fearful it actually draws people like moths to a flame yeah because they want to be brave and say it too but sometimes people can't be the first one you know so even the fact that you're saying like where you started I'm like and that's I'm so grateful and I'm so like happy that you came on this podcast because I've learned so much from you and that's just from LinkedIn. So now I'm going to be stalking you, but <laughs> your whole, your whole career trajectory is so interesting. The fact that you're so successful and you're doing it from giving the best parts of yourself, do you know? Um, and that you're not afraid to say about your health issues and how they were horrific, but they've mm. also formed you 
and informed you yeah. on how to be a better person. I think it's wonderful. Absolutely, absolutely. No, thank you, Siobhan. I think that, like for me, with my career and any talks that I've done to new inductees that have come through over the years, like I've always told them my story and I'm really open about sharing that because I think that you can you can be whoever you want to be once you put your mind to it. Yeah, you don't need sure. to be from like a, a really rich family just to succeed I or know. you don't need to go to this really rich school that pays that you have to pay X amount of fees to get in or you don't need to have X amount of points to be able to get to where you want within your career. Yeah. I think that if you understand your path, again, if you understand your purpose and you know where you're going to, can shoot for the stars. I'm going to put that on a t-shirt, Siobhan Sweeney. And with that, I will leave it. Thank you so much. You are it's so been so welcome. lovely chatting to you. I'm going to put all the links for everybody who is listening about Open Doors Initiative and anything else that we've covered. And um, yeah, so you'll be able to reach out to Siobhan if you're interested in um, maybe finding out a little bit more about the initiative. You should. It's amazing. They do great work. And I will definitely have you back on because it's always just such a pleasure chatting to you and you are a fountain of knowledge. Thank you. <laughs>